possibility. Jesus tells us that by serving one master, God, we gain those things that money promises but can't deliver on. Security, fulfilment, freedom, and much more besides. He is answering the questions that we all ask. By following God, am I missing out? Am I going to be miserable if I don't chase after money? Is it worth living for God's kingdom? What's in it for me? The message of Jesus' teaching on the kingdom in Matthew 6 is that by serving God, we store up treasures in heaven that last. If we fix our eyes on the kingdom, that's where our heart will be also. We can't serve both God and money. Stop worrying about money because our Heavenly Father will give us everything we need. Well, let's pray as we come before God and his word. Father, we thank you for this message today that uh, if we put the kingdom first, that you provide everything else we need as well and that we can store up treasures in heaven. Father, we ask today that you would motivate us, challenge us and spur us on to live for you as our God and not money or anything else. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've got four points this morning and they're following the four main things in our passage. Have we got the slides up? Matthew 6. It should be in the sermon media folder. Um, but as we, we'll keep going as, as they uh, bring that up. Um, so the first point is to store up treasures in heaven. Um, we'll have the slides, um, the verses up on the slide shortly. But if you uh, want to follow along in your own Bible, do that because we'll be working through the passage. Jesus says in verse... All right, okay, sorry, thanks. It's there. I, I just can't see it on the TV. Verse 19, Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For your, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Could we have the um, up on the TV as well? Don't put your energy into investing in stuff for this world because it won't last. One way or another, it will disappear. Even if you invest in things that don't physically get eaten up, money, cryptocurrency, shares on the stock market, even that doesn't last. It may last this lifetime. In fact, we may still be able to accumulate uh, up to the point that we die. But then you will die. And like the rich fool in Jesus' story, he keeps building bigger and bigger barns to hold, up here, to hold all his bumper harvests. You won't be able to take it with you when you go. And if all you ever live for is in this, in this life, if all your treasure is invested in the now, on that day when you die and you stand before God, you will find yourself naked with nothing, having invested nothing, prepared nothing, 
for what comes after death. Instead, Jesus tells us to store up treasures that will last. Treasure in heaven. Unlike money, cars, houses, all the stuff we invest in here in this life, treasure in heaven will last forever because God's kingdom will last forever. And if we trust in Jesus, we will be part of that kingdom forever. So what's Jesus talking about here and how do we do that? Firstly, what is heaven? It sounds like it's somewhere not on earth, right, from Jesus' description. Jesus contrasts treasures in heaven to treasures on earth, making it sound like heaven is somewhere other than the earth. But that's not what Jesus teaches, and it's not the message of the Gospels. You may remember back in Matthew 3 when John the Baptist came, he preached a message in uh, chapter 3, verse 2, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heaven is shorthand for the kingdom of heaven, or as the other Gospels call it, the kingdom of God. And as John is saying, when Jesus came to earth, he began to bring in God's kingdom to this world. In the Lord's Prayer that you would have looked at in community groups that comes just before our passage today, Jesus tells us to pray for his kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. When we think of heaven, unfortunately we've been fed images of angels on fluffy white clouds and people sitting around playing harps, something very otherworldly. But that's not what heaven is at all. Heaven is God's kingdom. It has begun with Jesus coming to earth. His victory over his enemies was secured at the cross and he now reigns as king and we experience that now in part here on earth, especially as God's people in the church. But we will experience it fully in the new creation, when Jesus returns. Now, why am I telling you all this? Well, because it helps us to understand what it means to store treasures in heaven. It's not about doing a whole bunch of spiritual things as opposed to physical things of this world. Of course, it will involve the spiritual making a priority on prayer, prioritising our relationship with God, etc. But if we understand heaven as God's kingdom that has begun on earth in the lives of those who acknowledge Jesus as king, in the church as the body of Christ, then that put, helps put flesh on what storing up treasures in heaven is about. It means investing in God's kingdom that is growing here on earth. Jesus makes a contrast between treasures on earth and treasures in heaven, not to say that treasures in heaven is kind of otherworldly, but to say that these treasures are eternal. They're things that last forever, whereas earthly treasures don't last forever. 
And a helpful way of thinking about storing up treasures in heaven is to think about things that last. And I want to suggest three categories that are helpful. We can store up treasures in heaven by investing in three things. In God, his people and his word. Broadly, they're the three things that last forever. So first and foremost, we have to be right with God. We have to recognise that we need to trust in his son for forgiveness and our sins uh, to be, yeah, for, for, for a forgiveness of our sins that he won for us on the cross. We now live for God as our king, with Jesus as our king. And we do that through his word. By knowing it and by living it, we know how to live for the king. And then thirdly, people. People last forever. Our investments don't. Our careers don't. Our achievements die with us at the grave. But people, whether they believe in Jesus or not, are eternal. Some have an eternal destiny with God and some go to eternal punishment in hell. God cares about people, so much so that Jesus came to earth to die for all people. Friends, I want to say that if you want to live a life that counts, if you want to live with a purpose and to leave a legacy, the way to do that is to invest in lives of people for the gospel. To bring God and his word to believers, to disciple and nurture God's people. And to non-believers, to bring the message of life to those who don't yet know Jesus. That is how we can store up treasures in heaven. Well, Jesus goes on in the next section to tell us to keep our eyes on the prize. Look at verse 22 with me. The eye of the lamp is, sorry, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the life, light within you is darkness, how great is our darkness, is that darkness? At first glance, it's a bit hard to work out how this relates to laying up treasures in heaven. The connection seems to be that our eyes and our hearts follow each other. The eye is the window to the heart. What we look at is what we focus on and what we dwell on. And that's where our heart will be. If we spend a lot of time looking at those who have lots of money and that the cars and focusing on the cars that they drive, that can easily become what we dream about and what we focus on. If you let your eyes wander late at night to porn sites on the internet, it will affect the way you think of women or men and it will seep into your relationships with God and with those close to you and it will damage your heart. Where your eye goes, 
there your heart goes also. If your eyes are unhealthy, says Jesus, your whole body will be full of darkness. But if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is looking to God and your time and energy are focused on his priorities, that's where our heart will follow. Well, then Jesus goes on in verse 24 to tell us that we can't serve two masters. Really, he's saying that we can't have two gods. Have a look in verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The word Jesus uses here for money is mammon. Uh, It comes from a Hebrew word that means to entrust. And the original idea was that you entrust your worldly wealth, invest in them in, in a sense, and they look after it for you. But over time, it came to mean the thing that you trust in. It came to take the idea on the idea of a God, the money God. Jesus is telling us you cannot trust in two gods. Either you will love the one and hate the other, you will trust one and not the other, live for one and not the other. We can't have a foot in both camps. I want to suggest that in life we have some core motivations that drive us, drive the way that we live, the things that we do and that capture our heart. And three of those things, I think, are future security, fulfilment and freedom. Future security, fulfilment and freedom. Three F's. Three core motivations that are fundamental to who we are. They are things that we basically can't live without. And whatever gives us those things is what we ultimately trust in. Really, it's what we worship. Let's pick one of those, fulfilment. If I think I need something that only money can buy to be truly fulfilled in life, then even if I'm a Christian and I say I follow Jesus, the thing I really live for is money. Because it's the key to my fulfilment and it's something that I cannot live without. Money has become my God. But we cannot have two gods. Because money says that fulfilment is found in stuff that I accumulate, But Jesus says that it's found in being restored in a right relationship with God. You see, they're two polar polar opposite things. I can't have a foot in both camps. Either I will find fulfilment in money or I find it in God. Well, in our final section, Jesus tells us not to be anxious. Don't worry, he says, because life isn't about money and God will provide all we need. Verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. 
Is not life more, more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? He goes on to give another example. The lilies of the field. They don't do anything, Jesus says. But in verse 29, even Solomon, who was internationally famous for his wealth, didn't have as much splendour or was as colourful as them. If God takes so much trouble to look after even these plants, we can trust him to look after us. Verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And then Jesus goes on to tell us twice not to be anxious, verse 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. And then once again in verse 34, Jesus says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. So the message is, if you choose the right God, if you choose our Father in heaven to trust in him and to worship him, only he can deliver the things that we really need. Money promises much, but at the end of the day, it doesn't deliver because it doesn't last. But if we seek the kingdom, we're not going to go without. We're not going to miss out. Our heavenly Father who loves to give us good things knows exactly what we need. Now I think we know that and believe that if you're a follower of Jesus. That our Heavenly Father gives us all that we need. But I think a nagging question for us is, but will I get everything I want? Will I get everything I want? Am I going to miss out on the good life? And I want to suggest that a good part of our problem is a faulty view of heaven that we talked about earlier. You see, if our picture of heaven is this kind of otherworldly place, some kind of spiritual world that's so far removed from this world that we can't relate to it, then treasures in heaven aren't going to sound all that attractive, are they? When the things that we enjoy in this life are very much physical, enjoying the company of others in the flesh, sharing a meal, uh, perhaps over a beer or a glass of wine, laughing together, or enjoying God's creation, breathing in the fragrant smells of creation after rain, or coming back to a warm bed at night on a cold, on a cold night. Compared with those things, talking about heaven as a place where we have some kind of floating spiritual experience, spiritual existence in a place that we can't describe or imagine, well, 
To be honest, that seems rather insipid, doesn't it? It seems unexciting in comparison. It feels like we're going without the things that bring us joy in this life for something that honestly doesn't sound that great. But friends, I want to suggest that this spiritual-physical divide is a heresy that seeped into the church and that the Bible is robustly material. By that I mean just as this creation is very physical, so is the new creation going to be physical. The heaven that Jesus is talking about is all about the good things we enjoy here on earth only even better, only perfected. C.S. Lewis talks about heaven being more real, more physical than our world. He says that if we were to walk on the grass in heaven, in our current physical state, in bare feet, we'd cut our feet on the grass. The mountains and trees and deserts in our world are actually only a pale echo of the beauty that the new creation is going to have. Jesus says to store up treasures in heaven, it's not a matter of giving up physical enjoyment for a kind of limp-wristed spiritual life filled with harps and white robes. In fact, we can tangibly taste what the kingdom is like now because God's kingdom has invaded earth it's here in this building with us it has begun to gain a beachhead in our world and the church is where we see it and experience it storing up treasures in heaven is about joining with the king and his church to see his rule grow in our lives personally and corporately until he comes back. And as we do that, we find that we're part of a future that is more secure than anything the world can offer. We can taste what it's like to know the unconditional love of God and his people that we'll see in its fullness in the new creation. And as we join with God and his people in working for a purpose that is of eternal significance, we can have a taste of joy and fulfilment that the God of money can never provide. And by investing in the kingdom here and now, we can experience something of the freedom of the gospel that Jesus brings being free from sin and guilt and shame for the things that we not even game to tell other people, sometimes not even game to admit to ourselves that we've done. We can experience all these things now, not completely, but we can experience them in part. We can taste that the Lord is good we can know that his kingdom is worth it. That when we serve him and turn our backs on the God of money, the God of this world, we're not missing out, but we're living whole lives, complete lives, and we're becoming fully human 
we becoming the way that God has created us to be? Let's pray. Father, thank you that uh, you call us to invest in treasure, the treasure of the kingdom, treasure that is far better, far more enticing, far more fulfilling, satisfying, and treasure that lasts forever compared with the treasure that this world offers that cannot satisfy it cannot fulfill, cannot provide freedom, and it does not last. Father, help us invest in what matters. Help us invest in your kingdom that lasts. Amen.